0: Amen. Genesis chapter 6. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we just thank you, God. We thank you, God, for the service we've already had this morning, God. We thank you for your goodness, your mercy, your grace, God, towards us, God. God, we thank you, God, for moving on behalf of our sister, Lord God, and just holding her car, even though it felt like it was a storm, God, and everything was... Out of control, God, you are still in control. God, and you held her and you, you sent helps, Lord God. Lord, you are an ever-present help in a time of trouble, Lord God. We praise you, God. We thank you, Father. God, we thank you, God. God, we thank you, God, for the calling and the anointing of God, Lord, that you have upon your people, God. Direct our footsteps, Lord God. Help us, God, to keep our eyes on you and to be steadfast and unmovable for you, Lord. God, no matter what's going on around us, no matter what things look like all around us, God, things, life may may seem like it's spinning out of control, God, but you give us peace in the midst of it. God, we will serve you in the midst of it. God, we will do your blessed will in the midst of it, God. Nobody ever said that it was, nobody ever said that this walk would be easy. But you make it easy when we trust in you. You make that burden light and the yoke easy. Lord, we thank you, Father. Glory to your name, Lord. We rest in that peace, God. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. All right, Genesis chapter 6, and this is the story of Noah. And we are going to jump right on down to verse 12. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his own way upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. And he told Noah, Make thee an ark of gopher wood, Build you an ark. Amen? Mm -hmm. Go build an ark. What is an ark? (laughs) It's never rained before. It's never been a flood before. Mm -hmm. What is an ark? Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Rooms shalt thou make in the midst in the ark, and thou shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. And verse 15, "...and this is the fashion which thou shalt make it of. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, and the breadth of it 50 cubits, and the height of it 30 cubits." a window window shalt thou make to the ark and in a cubit shalt thou finish it above and the door of the ark shalt thou set it inside thereof with the lower second and third stories three stories thou shalt make it and behold i even i do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh wherein the breath of life wherein is the breath of life from under heaven and everything that is in heaven I mean, that is in earth, shall die. But with thee, I, with you, with thee, the one righteous man, I will establish my covenant and thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons and thy wife and thy sons' wives with thee. Eight people. And of every living thing of flesh, Two of every sort shalt thou bring into the ark to keep them alive with thee. They shall be male and female, of fowls after their kind, of cattle after their kind, of creeping thing of the earth after his kind. Two of every sort shall come unto thee to keep them alive, and take that take thou unto thee all of the food that is eaten, and thou shalt gather it unto thee, and it shall be for thee, for food for thee, and for them, thus Did Noah according to all that God commanded him to do, so he did. Wow. You ever, you know, we, we sing these songs to our kids, who built the ark? Noah, Noah, who built the ark? Brother Noah built the ark, and we sing the whole song. And we sing, you know, we sing... All these songs about the, and we see the little cute little pictures and the coloring books of the, Noah, you know, the ark with the animals on it. And we see the rain and we see old man Noah out there, you know, Mrs. Noah next to him. And, and, you know, it's just such a cute story. But when you think about the whole thing and how God saw all the evil that was on the earth. And the Bible says, Jesus said that in the last days it would be as in the days of Noah. Amen. And we look around and we see evil all around us, amen? But yet, Noah was the only one. It was only Noah and his family that was still able to get onto the ark. Everyone else was left behind, amen? On the way over, I was singing this old song from the 70s. I wish we'd all been ready. Do you know that song? no. Life was filled with guns and wars and everyone got trampled on the floor. I wish we'd all been ready. Mm. Uh, Something about a piece of bread would buy a bag of gold. I wish we'd all been ready, amen? And uh, there's no time to change your mind. The sun has come and you've been left behind. My kids, when they were little, they hated that song, especially in their preteen, pre-teen kind of rebellious stage. Oh, are you I was like, come on, guys, let's sing this song. I want to sing that one. They did not like to sing that song. And there's, there's another one by um, Leland that says, um, God sees, what are you doing when no one's looking? Yeah. Oh, they, they, they confessed to me later when they got older. I used to hate when you play that song. Can't stand that song. Because, you know, God sees everything. And we don't like to be reminded of that, especially when we're being a little rebellious or running, you know, trying to squeeze out of God's hands. Like uh, God told the man of God that he was was running, he was resisting God's presence and God's will for his life. And God said, it is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Those things that are put there, those goads that are put there to, to keep you in line. Amen? It is hard. My kids were, they came back and confessed. They didn't like that. But here in the in the book of Noah, I mean, the book of Genesis, when we're reading about Noah here, we see where all the people were rebellious. All the people were full of violence. They were doing every manner of sin. All sorts of stuff. And we think it's unusual or new. It's not. It's just magnified. You turn on the TV, it's there. You drive, drive down the highway, you might see it on a bulletin board. You turn, you, you, Please be careful with these things, these handheld devices in your children and yourself. There's stuff that can pop up in a moment, in just a second, and it, there's that image, there's that sound, there's that word. Amen? Please be careful with it. Today, the, 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 the language that we hear people say, man, we, we would get our mouths literally washed out with soap. For saying something that came, like if you had a list, you had like the worst word here, or the, the least. We would get our mouth washed out for soap for saying the least of it, you know. And then you get a, a spanking or whooping or beaten. And, and if you had a room, you got sent to your room or go stand in a corner or go cut the grass with a pair of scissors or something. You're not getting away with it. Amen? Scrub the bathroom with a toothbrush. Some, you're you're going to pay for using that kind of language. Why? Oh, that was so strict, that was mean, that was child labor, that was cruelty to animals. No, it's not. They did it because they loved us, because they saw the end of something. I teach students, how you know, ministry students, in bringing up you know, people into the ministry, and they say, well, why do we have all these rules and regulations within our ministries? Why do they tell us that we, we can't do this or shouldn't do that? Why did the old Pentecostals wear skirts to their ankles and their hair, you know, have, have long hair? Why did they, why did the women dress like that? Because they knew the heart of men, amen? I'm not calling out men, I'm talking about humanity, amen? Somebody somewhere knew that it'd be much more, it'd, a, a young girl told me once, we were in this big discussion about, Eternal security. And she said she was only 13, 14 years old. And she said to the whole room, she said, I would much rather err on the side of caution than to be wrong on the side of do whatever you feel like doing. Amen? Do you understand what I'm saying? The things in the earth are bad. It's all around us. It's everywhere. God's telling us this morning, build an ark. Amen? Amen? Build an ark. I'm not borrowing this from somebody. This is what God gave me for this morning. To tell you to build that ark. To get ready. To get your people ready. Your circle of influence. Your family. Tell them about Jesus. This man, Noah, it took him years. 40 years? How many years? How many hundred years? 20? A 120 years? It took him a long, long, long time, longer time than any of us probably have, amen, to build this ark. And that whole time he preached, he preached, God said this is coming. God said there's going to be a flood. God said he's going to send a flood. And that if you don't get right with God and repent, you're not going to make it on the ark. He preached to them. They laughed at him. They scoffed at him. They called him names. They told everybody in the neighborhood all around, "Oh, that Noah, he's crazy." They probably told their kids, "Don't look over there. That guy's crazy." Amen. Don't go. Don't go play with Noah's kids and his grand. Don't go over there. Those people are weird. But that's okay because Noah did what was righteous in the eyes of God. Amen. So you do. You make a stand. You stand up for what is right in your community. You stand up for what's right in your family. You resist the devil. Submit to God. Resist the devil, and the devil will flee from you. Amen? We are not supposed to go fraternizing and hanging out and, and, and collaborating with the devil and into the devil's camp to make make nice. Amen? We're not, we're not going in there and make, make friends with the devil. Amen? Let them wait. You wait. You wait, and you wait it out. It might. You might start looking like you know. Six hundred years. years. Thank you. I wanted to say eight hundred. I knew that one right. Six hundred years. That's a whole lot of obedience. What do you say? Six hundred years, and he was already not a young man when God told him to build the ark. He was six hundred when he started. He was six hundred when he started, and he built it for six hundred years. No, no, okay, you give me all these weird numbers. Man, that's how old he was. he was. Okay, he was 600 when he started. Okay, so he's 600 years of living and working his relationship out with God to have that that, uh, authority, that, that label to be chosen by God to be righteous, amen? I'm one of the fathers of our faith. It's not too late, amen? It's not too late, you're not too old, Amen? None of us here are too old to start and do what God said to do. Amen? And when we start that walk, let me tell you something. We, 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 somebody said something to my husband this week. I don't even know who it was. I don't really want to know. But they said, well, you've got a whole lot of ideas, but at your age, maybe you should. You know, if, that whoever said that to me, I would just stop. I stopped listening. You know, what? What? It might. What? Because, you know, y'all know me. In here, I'm about mm, 32, maybe. <laughs> what? And they've, they've been picking on me about the whole roller skating thing. Oh, you shouldn't be doing that at your age, you know. At our age, we should And people say that to me, and, I, and, they, and they say, well, at our age, we shouldn't be doing it. And I'm like, our age? And I'm really thinking, how old are you? <laughs> it's like, you know, why are you saying this to me? Sister Beth and I climbed the, the dam, amen? Nobody told us at your age, you shouldn't be go climb that dam, Amen? And then we climbed the mountain out there. Nobody said, no, y'all shouldn't do that. We did it. Amen? We'll do it again if we feel like it. Amen? Yes. The devil's a liar. See, we have to be obedient to what God tells us to do. Do you think God's going to tell you to build an ark if he doesn't think you're capable of it? That's a trick question, isn't it? Maybe you're not capable, but in him you are, right? We can do all things in Christ Jesus. And he's not going to tell you to do anything that he's not willing to see you through it. Amen? If he told you to do it, he's going to give you the power, the authority, the wisdom, the knowledge, the help, everything that you need to bring you through to that expected end. He gave Noah the plans for the expected end. You build this ark like this and like that, and if you read on down, he laid out the whole entire plan. Amen? There was no, he didn't leave anything out. He told all about how to build it. And if you go on down into reading it, it was more than just two by two animals. He broke it down into which animals get to go on and how many animals for this one and how many clean ones and how many unclean ones. Amen? He told him everything he needed to know. If we will walk step by step, arm in arm with the Lord and let him direct us, he will tell us all along the way. I heard in my right ear this week about seasons, about that that some seasons are long, some seasons are short, some seasons are, you know, some seasons are planting. Some seasons are harvesting. Some seasons seasons bring in a greater harvest, and some some a lesser harvest. But there's still a harvest. Amen. Amen. The little apple trees out there have apples on them. They might not be as plenteous as they could have been, but they're there. The grapes are a greater harvest on the grapes, unless the birds got them this week. There's more grapes than there were last year. It's a greater season than it was last season. Amen. And that we're the church. We're you know we're coming into another season. Amen. We're right now we're in a season, not just blue water. There's a season right now that we're in a season of transition. And it's not just us. Something's changing in the atmosphere. Amen. Amen? You can see it. You can smell it. We got I'ma tell you, we went we were in South Carolina. It is not fall. It does not look like fall. It does not smell like fall. When we left in the middle of June, July. When we got back here, I could tell fall was in the air. Amen? Amen. Maybe it was the green chilies, but you know it's. You could tell fall. Fall is in the air already. It was just this little, little slight difference. It was still 104 degrees in Farmington last week. That doesn't seem like fall. <laughs> A little warm, but there's just that something little, little shift right there. Fall's coming. Get ready. You start seeing the trucks going up and down the road with with firewood people are hauling in the firewood they're getting ready amen they're preparing for something they know something's coming we should be preparing for something because you know Jesus is coming amen we know Jesus is coming we got to prepare ourselves first it starts with you amen you prepare yourself and you continue to prepare yourself if you are a bride or a groom and you were waiting for your so the groom stands at the altar and he waits for the bride to come. Amen? When um, one of our daughters got married, the groom stood at the altar for, uh, it seemed like, forever. I mean, he was starting to sweat. He was getting real nervous. I'm sitting up here waiting. I'm like, where is she? Looking around. You know. I didn't know if she was trying to get my attention and the uh, attendant would not come get me for whatever reason. And so she was in there and she was getting ready, beautiful dress, hair all fixed up, beautiful makeup, and she's all ready, beautiful, but there was something she wanted done before she came out, and she wanted her mama, And I, but nobody would come get me. I was on the front row, and I'm looking at Britt, and Britt's looking at me, and he's like shifting and starting to sweat, and he's going, where is she? <laughs> and we're like, you know, giving each other like the look, so I finally I got up and I went to go see what was going on. Why do I say that? Because it doesn't matter. She was while she was in that room, she was still preparing. Amen. Even though she was already all dressed and everything was just to everybody else would have been perfect, there was one more thing that she needed to have done. Amen. So she was still preparing. She was still making her way while she's waiting on her mama to come, whatever it was, she was still doing, you know, making sure this hair is perfect and that hair is perfect. Still preparing. Amen? Keeping everything nice and neat. Oh, maybe she was breaking out in a little sweat, so she got her little beauty blotter thing and maybe maybe took off some of the sweat or maybe put on a little more powder. And then Britt's standing there, and he's he's those you know fixing his tie or whatever you know just. Continuing to prepare, amen. So you're prepared. You know Jesus Christ. You're filled. You're saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. If you're not filled with the Holy Ghost, get filled with the Holy Ghost, amen. And so you're you've got it going on. Read your Bible. Pray. Study. Talk to the Lord. I like Sister Marjorie's been teaching us, learn to hear His voice. His subtle, subtle. Um, leading of the Holy Spirit. Begin to recognize His voice in even the smallest things. But while you're doing that, you're preparing someone else at the same time. Amen? You're setting an example before your children, before your grandchildren, your nieces, your nephews, your co-workers, everywhere you go. I like your shirt, Stephanie. They, you know, wear it proud. You know, let people know who Jesus is. Amen? Don't be shy about who Jesus is. Let them know. People are going to think you're crazy just like they did Noah, but that's okay. You just keep telling them about Jesus. Amen? Amen. Why did God choose Noah? Now, we know that it was because he was righteous, right? But it was because he had faith. You can't have righteousness without faith. Our faith, if we if we come up with our own righteousness, it's as filthy rags before the Lord. Our righteousness can only come through faith in God and trusting in Jesus. Amen. It can only come through that faith. And he had faith in God. This is before Jesus. So he had faith in God. He had a walk and a personal relationship with God. Ours. Today, we put our trust and our faith in the name and the blood of Jesus Christ, and we come through him to him through mercy and grace. Through Jesus Christ, it's only provided through him. We're drawn to him, to God, by the Holy Ghost, and we come to Jesus because the Holy Ghost drew us to him, attracted us to him, illuminated him so that we knew we needed Jesus. Amen. And we ask Jesus to come into our hearts to wash us, to make us clean. And we begin that relationship with God. Amen. 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 Maybe. Maybe God had been dealing with you for years before that. Mm-hmm. Dealing with you, dealing with you, talking, trying to you know, draw and you, drawing you, and you resist and push back. And God draws you some more and you resist and push back. But eventually you realize I need Jesus. I need Jesus in my life and when you see that pattern in your life don't forget that don't forget how God dealt with you for years and the seeds that were planted you ever stop for a minute and recognize the seeds that were planted in your life when you were a young person the VBS those little things that happened things people said to you and you're like I remember when I got saved it was like whoa that's what she was talking about Oh dude, I remember when they came to my school when I was just a little kid and they did this this gospel glove thing. It had the colors, you know, the gospel colors on it and they taught you about the salvation store the the salvation. I don't even know who these people were. But it all came to make sense twenty years later. Amen? Or 18 years, like somewhere in there, a lot much later, that all those things that had been said to me, all the things that I'd been taught, even though I didn't go to Sunday school, I didn't go to church, I had attended to, you know, a handful of church services and a handful of church services, but the, the seeds were usually planted in my life outside of the four walls of the church. Mm-hmm. I never went to a vacation Bible school, never. Mm-hmm. I went to kindergarten at a, at a Baptist church, kindergarten. I don't remember nothing about the gospel but the story of Jonah because my dad was into scrimshaw and we liked whales. So I remembered the story of Jonah. That's the only one I remember. I remember the cute little boy in my class that had a cowboy outfit. Remember those little cowboy costumes? Everybody, he he had that little cowboy coffee. He was so cute. And so I remember there was no gospel. I'm sorry. I don't remember being taught, you know, you need to repent, that you need Jesus. You know, it was just, it was all outside of the four walls of the church. Tell people about Jesus. Amen? As pastors, as ministers, we're being encouraged to, you know, to go out and knock on doors and talk to people. But in most of our communities, most of our pastors, most of our churches, they already have a pastor who's already been there and that grew up in that community and already knows everybody in the community and more than likely, they've already invited everybody to come to church. They've already told them you need Jesus. Let me pray. They call them up when they need prayer. Amen? They know where to go. They just don't haven't given their life to Jesus yet. So I'm telling you, stay in the press with this. Don't give up. If Noah could stay steadfast all this time and build this ark and keep his family in order in the meantime and keep them engaged, hallelujah, man, that's a challenge right there. Mm-hmm. We just been, we've just been challenged by the scripture to keep our families engaged in the ministry and the work that God has set before us. How do we do that? By the power of the Holy Ghost. By seeking God's face. By, what is it that, that made, made Jesus look attractive to you? As a Holy Ghost. Amen. What attracted you to the cross? It was the Holy Ghost. Amen. The Spirit of God. The seeds planted. God bringing those things back to your remembrance. To draw you to the cross. To draw you to redemption in Jesus Christ. Amen? So that you didn't look at him and be repulsed. I know people today that if you tell them that Jesus shed his blood on the cross so that they might be saved, instead of saying, Oh my, my Lord, my savior, how could you do that, Jesus? How could you love me that much? Instead, they're like, Oh, that's disgusting. What kind of what kind of gospel do you have? That's the, the enemy at work in their life. Amen? Don't give up. Stay in the press and tell them of the good things of God. Tell them what Jesus did for you today. Tell them what God did for you last week. Amen? Tell them. Remember in the sitting down, the coming in, the going out, when they come in and sit down at dinner tonight or you have your Sunday afternoon dinner, talk about the Lord. Don't talk way up here where they can't understand you about some kind of, you know, stuff that's not... Talk about the goodness of God. Oh, man, do you remember that time? Man, Stephanie, you got a testimony now. You can tell it over and over and over again. You know, that we can remember that time God did that thing? Oh, let me tell you what God did at the grocery store the other day. or, Or, you know, pay attention to what God's doing in your life. Amen. So that you can tell it. We take it for granted. Do we not? We take it for granted. Man. God does so many things every single day. Yes, every single day. That you ran into somebody, Adam being there. That's like Stephanie that's God. That Adam just happened to be right behind her at that right time. Amen. And you, she never gets to see him. And there he was. Not amen. just to help her, but to comfort her. To be there, to be the big brother that she needed right then and there. Amen? amen. Or little brother, cousin. Big brother, okay. He was being the big brother, whether he was a little brother or not, amen. That he was there to be the big brother that she needed in that moment, amen. God knows. Let us testify these good things, amen. All right, so we're, gonna, we're building an ark, amen. The, the word ark means a vessel, a, a vessel for floating. Um, in this, this, this Hebrew word here means that it's a vessel for floating. And um, it's, a, it's a boat, Amen. It's a big, big, three-story boat. This uh, trying to bring it across the way that the way that I saw it was a boat, and the boat was being towed. So it wasn't in the water when I saw this boat. It was, but it was being towed. It was being moved, and the boat was connected to the the truck that was pulling it. And it had been parked. It had stopped, You know, come to rest, and it was parked. And for some reason. The, they didn't put a a rock, a chalk, a block, or something behind the wheels. They didn't put something back there to keep it from rolling. And in my dream, in my it was, I guess it was a dream. In my dream, um, Mariah was in the dream, and she said, "Pappy, look the the boat, the boat, the boat's moving." She he thought she was saying, "Get the ball." because he couldn't hear it real well. But these are pretty detailed for my dreams. And and he was like, ha-ha, laughing. He was laughing, he kind of joking. Oh, yeah, the ball. And we are like, no, it's the boat. <laughs> it's like... The boat's like, and the, the the whole thing's rolling backwards. I wanted the truck would be rolling with it. I don't know, but it was, you know, God gave it a drink. And so it's rolling backwards, and he runs to the back of the boat and starts trying to stop the boat, kind of like with his shoulder. He's pushing, pushing back. And so I run and jump in the front and open up the door from the passenger side, and I'm trying to put it in park, but for some reason it's so heavy, it's bending, bending the uh transmission thing, yeah, that thing that you move up and down, and it was, I could see it like bending it, and I was, I was freaking out, and I was, and, I, and I was like, put something behind the wheel, something, and I, I looked up, and I looked back, and I get this, I looked back, and I said, can't you guys help, and when I said it, I expected to see Stone and AJ, but I didn't, I saw your nephew Nathan, and he ran to help us, I'll pray for my, our nephew Nathan. Needs Jesus, but he ran and he ran around the other side and jumped into the driver's seat. Amen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where the brakes are, and stopped the stopped it from rolling. And when I woke up, I was praying. And I was like, "Lord, okay, this is something. Yeah, you know, what what is it, Lord?" And He said, "Tell them to hold the line." And I said, "Well, there, there's no line. What do you mean, hold hold the line?" keep it steady, keep it going, don't let go, amen, stay in there, keep fighting, fight for what is right, fight for the truth, stand up and defend your faith, amen, speak the words of faith, speak words of hope, speak words of love and wisdom, and and speak into your family, amen, the word of God, tell them of the goodness of God, build that ark, Amen? Because the water is coming. Why would it be a boat in my dream? Because Jesus is coming. We need to build an ark. We need to get the boat ready. Amen? We need to make sure it's shored up and that it's ready. Amen? That nothing can make it roll. Nothing can take it away. Nothing's going to... The gospel is built on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. Amen? A firm foundation that will not be moved. Amen? No, I know there's more to it, but that's what what God's given me for that that part of it this morning. All right, turn with me to get this. Get this. Get it. God is so awesome. Jonah, the book of Jonah. Jonah is in the uh, Old Testament, and it's one of the minor prophets near right near the New Testament. So as you go towards the book of Matthew, it's right in there. It's a little short, short book, only a couple of a few chapters, only what three three chapters. Four chapters, I'm sorry. Only four chapters. And we're going to Jonah chapter... One. Okay, so if you know the story of Jonah, Jonah was a prophet. Amen? And he was called and anointed of God to be a prophet of God, a true prophet. His name means dove. Did y'all know that? Dove. Jonah, whose name means dove, um, he's mentioned in 2 Kings, uh, chapter 14, verse 25. He's a prophet of the northern kingdom of Israel during the reign of Jeroboam II. He was um, from Gath-Hefer, two to three miles north of Nazareth of Galilee. Therefore, catch this. I'm sharing some fun facts with y'all. Thus, the Pharisees were mistaken. The Pharisees didn't know Jonah was from Galilee. The Pharisees were mistaken when they suggested that no prophet had ever come from Galilee in John chapter 7. Jonah's prophetic ministry occurred shortly after that of Elijah and overlapped that of Amos. So the end was followed by that of Hosea. So he was a, what we call a contemporary of Amos. So Jonah wasn't just some dude that just, you know, shows up on the scene for a few seconds. He was a, a prophet. And the reason they call them minor prophets or major prophets is because of the size of the book or the writing that we have. Okay? So Jonah wasn't a minor little baby prophet. Amen? He wasn't an insignificant prophet. He was a man of God, a prophet of God, called to the northern kingdom of Jerusalem. Israel. Of Israel. That's a big deal. Amen? That's a strong and very anointing. It's a very strong position of us prophesying words of judgment. Nobody likes that. Everybody wants to be prophesied a new car. Amen? Jonah's job is to prophesy judgment. Can you imagine the heaviness that he might feel sometimes? That he might get weary and tired? Okay, so in the book of Jonah, God spoke to Jonah. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Ammiatai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it. For their wickedness has come up before me. I want you to go speak some words of judgment to the great city of Nineveh. They're going to try to kill you. They're not going to like you. The VeggieTales version, they slap him with fish. They worship the fish god. Amen? The tri- they actually worship nautical things and fish gods and all these you know, think They did not worship the Lord God Almighty. They had turned their back on God. And God said, Jonah, I want you to go down there. I want you to go down there into the midst of this witchcraft infested, perverse wicked generation and you will be the only man of God on the whole entire, is it an island? It's like an island isn't it? Right, or, or area, peninsula. You'll be the only one there that's going to be proclaiming the name of God and his judgments. But I want you to go down there, and I want you to speak to the people. But Jonah, verse 3, rose up and fled unto Tarshish away. Y'all go ahead and laugh, but it's not really funny. But he fled from Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof and went down into it, to go with them into Tarshish from, from the presence of the Lord. Now, this is a prophet of God, a man of God. He pulled money out of his pocket. And how many of you know, who who's that money really belongs to? God's money. He took God's money out of his pocket. Because God blessed him with it, give it to him, for him to have it. And he took that money and he bought a ticket to try, I have to put the word try in here, to try to run from the presence of God. God is everywhere. Amen? David said, if I make my bed in hell, meaning like the underworld or in death even, I try to hide from you anywhere, you're going to find me. If If I go into the very bottom of the ocean, you were there, amen? If I ascend into the heavens, if I got into a big, big hot air balloon and went as high as I could possibly go, you were there. If I get into a spaceship and and shoot off into outer space, God is there, amen? And here, Jonah tried to hide himself from the presence of God. Remember Adam trying to hide himself from the presence of God? knowing that God was going to come walking through in the cool of the day. He had to know that God knew exactly where he was, amen, and exactly what had happened, but he ran from the presence of God. When God calls us to do something, when God God gave Adam a plan, he said, take care of this garden. Do these things. Don't do this one thing, amen? You do this. And when he did the one thing he wasn't supposed to do, he tried to hide from God. Jonah knew he was out of the will of God when he turned and ran away from what God told him to do. Amen. We have to look at what God has told us. What if Noah had run? What if Noah had said, no, no, no. I'm going to present you with a couple of what ifs this morning. What if Noah had said, you know what? No. I'm tired, I'm 600 years old, I feel like I've already lived my life, I don't want to build a three-story boat as big as how many football fields. I don't want to gather up that much hay, that much nuts, that much bananas. I don't want to get together all this food. I don't want to listen. Man, I can see the end of this, God. I'm going to be stuck in this boat for days upon days. I just know how how things are going to be, and it's going to be stinky. I'm going to have to listen to cows mooing and goats making their goat sounds. I'm going to have to hear Lions roaring and and elephants making that elephant sound and zebras making that irritating (laughs) sound. I don't want to hear all that all day, Lord. My wife, she said, no more animals, Noah. What am I going to say to her? I know I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but you know, that's how we are. I heard a man say the other day that he had told his wife he wouldn't preach like he did anymore. But he did. God comes first, amen? Amen. What God tells us to do, we must do. And we must do it with pleasure. The Bible says that um, obedience is better than sacrifice. This is one of Devona Larie's messages, and she, she taught it to her daughter at the age of about four. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Obedience is immediate and with joy, she said. Amen? Yes, Lord. The first thing when God tells you to do something, don't go, yeah, but it's yes, Lord. And then you wait, and he'll show you the rest. Next step. The first step is yes. Amen? Amen? Not my will, but yours be done. Amen? The joy that Noah must have experienced those next hundreds of years of building that boat with his family. With his sons and his daughters in law. The joy that he must have experienced when they got to the top of Mount Ararat and the boat came to a rest. And the dove came back with the olive branch. The joy that he and Mrs. Noah must have experienced. Watching the animals have little babies, watching their family grow, watching the grandchildren come into the world as they, you know, when they got off that boat. The joy that was unspeakable to have the whole earth. To replenish the whole earth to themselves. Them and their sons and their daughters and their grand, I mean, daughters-in-law. Amen? How beautiful the blessings of God are. Way above all that we can think or ask. Amen? Exceedingly, abundantly more than you can think or ask by the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen? Amen? He's the one that, he, he's the miracle working, the creative power of the Holy Ghost works out and creates these things in your life that you cannot even imagine. Amen? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it gets me excited because I start thinking, I know there's things that I can't figure out how you're going to do it, God, but I'm excited because I believe what you said. Mm-hmm. Amen? I stand upon your word. People, people say, well, you know, you can't say God's going to save my kids because they have free will. That's a true statement, amen? They do have free will, but if God has already spoken to you and given you a promise, like he's spoken to you and he told you, he's given you some kind of insight, because why? how can he do that? Because he already knows that they're going to. He knows the end of it, Amen? I'm just going to throw that out there. Because that's where I'm getting a whole lot of joy and peace and excitement out of it. Just waiting for it to come to fruition. Amen? Amen. And then the naysayers will be confounded. Amen? Praise God. So look, skip with me from, uh, we were just in verse, what, three? I want to jump down to verse 11. Now, while you're... Scanning your eyes down to verse 11. So then Noah, uh, uh, Jonah, here's Jonah. He's on the boat. He paid his fare with the money that he, that he should have probably not been using for you know, evil. He used it to purchase a, a ticket to run away from God. That's for evil, amen? So he, put, he, but he gets this ticket and he gets on the boat and he's on the boat and they get the boat way out in the middle of the water and a great tempest arises. A great storm comes up and starts throwing the boat around. Now this is a cargo ship. So they've got cargo in it. Cargo is what they need to pay the bills. Amen. They're supposed to get this cargo from point A to point B to get paid. And here, this one disobedient man is ruining everybody else's lives. Amen. Because he's on this boat. The boat, the tent, the boat's going and and flipping around, and then they're all freaking out. And verse 11, they said unto him, What shall we do unto them? Okay, so verse 10 then. Go back up to verse 10. Now uh, verse 9. Okay, so verse 9. And they were going, why is this happening? What's, why, what's going on with the boat? Why is this happening? So everybody sensed, if you will, that something was up. This just wasn't a normal storm. These guys were professionals. They knew this was something out of the ordinary. Something's up. In verse 9, he's, they were asking him, what's going on? In verse 8. In verse 9, he said unto them, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord the God of Heaven, and He hath made the sea and the dry land. This is his ocean that we're riding on. Verse ten. Then were the men exceedingly afraid. you ever notice when you tell someone that says they're not a Christian that they they don't like God, they don't believe in God, but when when something starts happening and you tell them it's the Lord or their 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 loved ones are sick and dying and they and they know you know the Lord. They call you up. They want to know what's going on. Today's 9 11, isn't it? On 9 11, our phone was ringing off the hook with sinners calling us. What is going on? Is this the end? Well, have you been living your life like it was the end? Are you ready for the end? Are you ready now? Is this going to change your life forever? These were thoughts I thought afterwards. You know, we were answering questions and being loving as as we could possibly be. Yeah, amen. They were look they began to call upon the Lord. The whole nation began to say, You know what? We need to come together and pray. We need to go to church. There were more people in church on nine, whatever the day the Sunday after that, than any than I, I think they broke history records because there were so many people flocking into the churches. They were like, Something's going on. We need Jesus. Amen. We need Jesus again, people. The United States of America needs to get on their knees. Amen. And it starts with us. Amen. It starts with us. Build that ark. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said unto him, Why have you done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. In verse 11, Then they said unto him, What shall we do to you that the sea may calm unto us? For the sea was wrought and temptuous tempestuous. In verse 11, 12, and he said unto them, take me up and cast me forth into the sea, so shall the sea be calm unto you, for I know that for my sake this great tempest is upon you. Because of his disobedience, they all were going through this. They were not followers of God. They they did not have a relationship with God. They were not Christians, if you will. They were serving other gods but they knew their gods didn't have that kind of power. They knew their gods couldn't do what the Lord was doing. Now, here's my what if. Why didn't, or my question, why didn't Jonah throw himself into the sea? Why did, why did Jonah look at the sailors or the men, the merchants, and say, you guys throw me over instead of the cargo? Was that humility? Was he being humble and saying, Oh, you know, you should throw me over instead of your cargo? It's because of
1: me that this is. I'm scared. He, he was scared.
0: So the tempest was because of him, but why didn't he jump over? Why didn't he do it? Why didn't he cry out to the Lord then? He didn't have the because he was running from God, he still wasn't repentant. He knew the storm was because of him. He knew people's lives were at risk, that all of them might die, and yet he still was not repentant. How many people truly repented on 9-11? I did not mean to tie this together, 9-11, but it's coming together. Why? How many people truly repent because of something's going on bad in their lives? These guys recognized that it was the Lord, but they did not repent. They didn't get saved. There's no record of it. They didn't bow down and start crying out to the Lord and asking for forgiveness. Lord, accept us as your children. Amen.
1: You a good testimony
0: But <laughs> Later on, maybe down the road. And then, my question is though, why didn't the man of God who was running from God jump over himself? Why didn't he just go ahead and end it and help everybody?
1: He himself, himself He was scared? He, was, he, was, he just I mean, asked, let throw it over him, but he, he didn't have the, the courage to do it. Courage. To jump yeah. yeah. He didn't know the fish was going to grab him, but he
0: told him to throw him over, so what's the difference? Uh,
1: and there, it depends on how the boat is. You know, he wanted to be thrown away. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't want to hit the second
0: story downstairs. So your answers though, that he, would, he didn't have the courage. He didn't have the faith. His relationship was not where he needed to be with God. He, and it comes down to conviction. He was still moving in disobedience. He wasn't feeling like this wasn't a heartfelt thing. Amen? He wasn't ready to throw his life over the line and say, Lord, catch me. He didn't say, throw me into the sea and God will catch me. I'm sure he'll prepare a great fish for me. No. He said, throw me over. It's cowardly. It was cowardly. Was it Saul? Saul asked somebody else to kill him? Yeah. Cowardly. Amen? We should not commit suicide at all. I'm not not, definitely not suggesting that Saul should have... Committed suicide. but the way that they go about it there's no repentance in it they did not repent, they did not come back to the Lord they didn't say I'm sorry, I messed up I'm doing the wrong thing, I see that I'm running from you and I see that this great temp- that you sent this great storm to get my attention I repent Lord no humility. Could, could, we, could I ask could he have not asked the, soldier, the soldiers the sailors to drop him off or to turn the boat around to end the, I don't know which direction he needed to go but could he have asked them for that rather than to be thrown overboard?
1: I think the storm was too bad. They couldn't do nothing. They were going
0: down. But if they repented. If Jonah had repented. <clears throat> right? But he wouldn't repent. So he was like, just throw me over. <laughs> maybe he was. Maybe he thought, "All oh, it's over. He was too overwhelmed to
1: do what God wanted him to do because he knew the people. He was... He was, he was willing to do what God told him to do because he knew the people he was going to. Mm. Fear. Yes.
0: He did not want to go to Nineveh. He did not want to face what God had set before him. He could not trust God for Nineveh. Amen? A couple of reasons. He didn't like the Ninevites. He did not like those people because of how nasty and hateful and mean and cruel they were. Maybe he didn't like them because of how they acted towards God. Maybe he didn't like them because one of them went out with his sister or something. I don't know. But he did not like them. He makes that clear. He did not care for them at all. And when he finally said, okay, God, I'll go. Let's find that. So he's in the belly of the whale. After he throws them over. Yeah. He did. Because you know, yeah, if I go
1: over there, I know they're very painful. Because in verses, Uh I mean verses uh chapter four it says, No one three, then God saw their works that they turned from their evil way, and God relented from the disaster that he had said he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. But it displeased Jonah seen, and he became angry. Mm -hmm. I knew it, I knew it was gonna happen. Mm -hmm. Why why bother come to Nina?
0: Yeah, because Jonah didn't like them. He didn't. He didn't want them to repent. He was so disgusted with them. He wanted to see them destroyed. So he took no joy in going and being that that bring that word of judgment. Because when you bring a word of judgment, God always gives you a way out. If you do this, then I'll 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 lift my hand. If you'll come out of this, if this this sin, he was telling them. Nineveh, if you will stop doing that, I will not send this destruction. But if you continue in your wicked ways, this destruction is going to come. Amen? Right? And so, yes, Sister Marjorie, he, he knew. That's why he didn't want to go. Because he didn't like them. He didn't want to give them the word of God, No, give them a chance to repent. They were so wicked that Jonah had made his mind up. They just needed to go ahead and be consumed. Right? I know people like this. We need to repent and submit to God's will. Amen? And whatever it is. And he was, he was still fearful of that. He feared that they would repent more than he feared being killed, more than he feared, feared, feared being thrown over, overboard, more than he feared this great fish that he didn't even know existed.
1: Kind of ironic too.
0: More than the fear of the unknown. <clears throat> if they were worshiping him, all the sea urchins
1: and fish like that, that's in the river. That's
0: right. That's right, no mistakes, no. yeah, amen. Did y'all hear that? So it's in the Ninevites I worship like fish and stuff, and then it was a great fish that spit Jonah up on the shore. Amen.
1: Yeah, uh, fear of a person is of God, and then scared and disobedient. It always causes people to suffer. hmm They're because they're not doing the thing they're supposed to do to bring the people peace and deliverance. So they had the opposite of peace, they had confusion. <clears throat> Many missionaries use this for motivation to go to countries that are really unfriendly mm-hmm. so.
0: This is fun, yeah. this turned into kind of a Bible he, study, but I'm enjoying uh,
1: He would have known their history. They were known, the people of Nineveh would take the Jewish uh, ladies that was pregnant and they would cut the baby out, so it was a lot of evil Done against boy, 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 the Jewish yeah, people, yeah, boy, 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 yeah. yeah. So he knew the history. Wow. And There's a he, lot of prejudice there. Mm-hmm. And, um, it continues after after they turned from their evil ways. The, he was angry, so he prayed to the Lord and said, "Oh Lord, was not this what I said when I was in my country? Therefore, I fled previously to Tarshish for I know he knows God." You are a gracious and merciful God, slow to anger, abundant in loving kindness, mm-hmm. one who relents from there to, you know, doing harm. Therefore, now, Lord, please take my life from me, for it's better for me to die than to live.
0: Mm-hmm. So he knew God. Yeah, he knew he, God. You know,
1: he, you know, like, being gracious, abundant in loving
0: kindness, <clears throat> slow to anger. This is a prophet a major prophet a big time prophet a big time prophet from the from the northern tribe uh, region of Israel he was called to preach to them to prophesy to the, to the northern I, I i my bible scholars it means something you get it he was called to this was his calling and anointing was judgment he knew that if he went to Nineveh and told them the truth about the Lord, and that there was going to be, they were facing impending doom if they did not repent. And he didn't want it. He, he didn't want to be a part of it. He didn't want to be a part of the great revival in Nineveh because he felt in himself that they deserved what they got.
1: He, he yes, he was a
0: man of God,
1: he, lacked, he was backslid. He lacked conviction, and he lacked. He didn't know God's heart enough to know that he would bring conviction to the Ninevites. He looked at them without conviction in their heart.
0: He looked at the killers. He didn't see what God was going to do. A broken heart and a contrite spirit sacrifices he will not despise. God will accept that. But Jonah was not coming. You can see with his attitude, where Sister Marjorie just read, he still was not that kind of repentant. He still wasn't broken and contrite. He went, I've seen this, I've seen this, I've seen people go walk up to the altar with their shoulders down. <sighs> okay, God, I'm coming. Get to the altar, stomp your foot. I was surprised they were still alive. But God, in his gracious, merciful, loving kindness towards us, gave that person another chance. Amen? And he kept dealing with Jonah and kept dealing with Jonah and kept dealing with Jonah. Amen? Now, I will say that some 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 of the teachings on it are that Jonah, when he said, you know, cast me into the sea, that he was willing to die to save the sailors. And in a, in a way, yes, he was. But it was also because he's still in this nasty attitude. Selfish. He could have repented. Amen. He could have said, "It's all because of me. I need to go to Nineveh. Is there any way you can get me?" He could have done anything, but asked to be thrown overseas. Over over. Amen. He'd rather die than do God's will. He, do God's will. Mm-hmm. He, he he basically was, you know, re, re, loathing the day that he was born. And we we look around and we see people that say they're prophets and we think, "Oh man, that's that's what I want. I want to be a prophet." You know, and we should. The Bible says that we should desire prophecy why? Because it changes people's lives. It draws them to repentance. It put it nails them to the wall, so to speak. Amen. And they so we we want, we desire that gift of prophecy, but you don't understand. It's not an easy walk. It doesn't mean that you get to drive a Mercedes Benz and you get to have all the, the money and all the, the fluff and all the goods. And if you, if you don't do God's will, you might find yourself in the mouth of a whale or and a big fish. We don't know that was a whale. A big fish, it says. A fish is not a mammal. A whale is a mammal. Anyway. That's right. That's right. Who knows? God prepared this fish. Amen? God prepared him. So he's not just any ordinary fish. He's a specially prepared fish. So I'm like, okay, thank you, Lord. So I'm going to ask you this. Are you going to build an ark? Or are you going to want God to prepare a fish for you? Are you going to prepare... Yourself and your community? Or are you gonna wait for God to prepare a fish? That's good. That's God right there. That's not me. That's God. Amen? Amen. Lord Lord, I want to build an ark. <laughs> Lord, I don't want to be found running from your presence. I want to be found running into your presence. I want to be walking in your presence. I want to walk in an open heaven. I want to walk in your will and your way to do your blessed will on this side of heaven. Amen. Amen. I Amen. want to see more souls come to Jesus yeah. than we've ever seen in any generation before and I want to be a part of it. Yeah. Amen. I don't Amen. care where they come from. I don't care what they wear. What, what they're I don't care what they look like. It, it might be Freak me out at first, God, but I know that you see them with love because you see their heart, you see their soul, they're yours. All souls belong to our Lord and God. Amen. Jesus died for every single person, whosoever will call upon his name. Amen. If they'll turn from their wicked ways and pray and call upon Jesus, he will save them. Amen. It doesn't matter where they came from. It doesn't matter what they did. We can't say it enough. There's a, we need to want to see people saved so much that, that our hearts cry. It's like a, a brother many, many years ago. He said, Lord, give me souls lest I die. Not, Lord, throw me over the water. Have some, soul, some people throw me over into the ocean so I can die. No, lest I die. I feel like I'm going to die if I don't bring forth this thing that you've birthed in me. Amen? If I don't share the gospel with the lost and dying world, I feel like I'm going to die. I don't want to die without sharing the gospel. I don't want to die without seeing another soul saved. Amen? It does. Amen? We need to see souls saved. That's why you're here. Amen? That's why there's breath in your lungs is to praise him and bring him glory and what better glory can we bring but to see another soul born again into the kingdom of heaven. Amen? That's good preaching right there. Thank you Holy Ghost. He is gracious and merciful and so long-suffering and and Jonah really pushes it to the limits. He really pushes God's long-suffering to the limits I think. The way that, you know, I I look at it and I think if I was God, you know, and you thank God you're not God. Amen? Mm -hmm. I don't think, how many of us have the kind of patience to have that kind of power and authority that God has and to put up with somebody talking to us like this? This makes me upset that Jonah talked to God like this. Mm -hmm.
1: Who, Who do you think you are?
0: Well, he had a relationship. Amen? He had a good relationship with the Lord. Yes, he did, but he was in a backsliding condition, and God was dealing with him. He was like Jonah, you need to come back, you need to stop acting like this, you need to recognize that could have been you, and look where you're sitting right now—you're just as bad. Amen. Yeah. You're just as bad. Look at um, I didn't know I was going to do all this. So, where is the verse? Verse 3, I think this is where Marjorie was just reading. Therefore now, O Lord, take, I beseech thee, my life from me. If you're listening on the podcast, go back and read the whole book of Jonah. That way you'll understand everything that's being said. Therefore now, O Lord, take, I beseech thee, my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. And then said the Lord, dost thou well to be angry? That's old English. Is it good for you to be angry? Or is this a good thing? Are you doing well to be angry at me? That's what God's saying. Are you doing well to be angry at God the Father for calling you to do this thing and for saving people's souls? Are you doing well to be angry at me right now? Verse 5. So Jonah went out of the city. I can see him huffing. Remember the shoulders down? Kind of popping his hips as he walks. So Jonah went out of the city and sat on the east side of the city. And there he made him a little hut, a little booth, a little shade house. And he sat under it in the shadow till he might see what would become of the city. I wonder what's going to happen now. I told him what you told me to tell. Him. And the Lord God prepared a gourd And made it to come up over Jonah, that it might be a shadow over his head to deliver him from his grief. So Jonah was exceedingly glad for the gourd. But God prepared a worm. And when the morning rose the next day, the worm smote the gourd that it withered. And it came to pass when the sun did arise that God prepared a vehement east wind and the sun beat upon the head of Jonah that he fainted and wished himself again to die and said it is better for me to die than to live it's so hot <laughs> mm-hmm. grump, grum, grumble 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 <laughs> and God said to Jonah again Dost thou well to be angry for the gourd? Weren't you just happy for the gourd? Weren't you just thankful? And now you're angry about the gourd. And he said, I do well to be angry even unto death. I had a friend one time that said, she she was just new to the Lord, and she said, I'm afraid if I don't quit smoking, God's going to smite me dead. Strike me down with lightning. And I was like, he's not going to do that. But if you keep on, you'll kill yourself, and then you're going to have to answer for that. Then said the Lord, Thou hast had pity on the gourd. Jonah, you had pity. You're sad over a gourd. What is that, a vegetable? A soulless non-breathing, can't walk, can't talk. All it did was bring you shade for a little while. You had pity on the gourd for which thou hast not labored. You didn't even plant the seed or water it. And you have pity over this gourd. You didn't make it grow. It came up in a night, one night, a gourd, God prepared that gourd, and it perished in a night. You didn't even know the gourd for more than 24 hours. And you're sad over a gourd. Verse 11, and should not I spare Nineveh, that great city wherein are more than six score thousand persons, humans, souls, that cannot discern between their right hand and their left hand and also much cattle. God loved Nineveh. God loves the sinners. Amen? He loves them. He loves them. He, He knows they're sinning. He knows they're evil. He knows they're wicked. He knows they're lost and undone without Jesus, but he loves them. He sees their wickedness. He smells their stench. He sees their uncleanliness, but he loves them. What does that mean? Does that mean he opens, flings open the gates of heaven and says, come on in? No, it means he sent you. Amen. He sent in you. To share, to be a light, to be light and salt in this lost and dark and dying world. Amen? To be the light of the world. To carry the gospel into the dark corners, the places where you go. Not, I'm not telling you to send yourself. You be sent. Amen? But when you go to work, you go to work. Let your light shine. When you go to Walmart, you go into Walmart. It's dark in there. Amen? It's dark in Walmart. Spiritually. It's dark. There's a lot of people that need Jesus. What if What if we thought about Walmart as Nineveh? There's another what if. You know, when we go out into the world where it's like we're going out into Nineveh, it's such a lost and undone world that we live in. We're surrounded by sin. We're surrounded by sinners. They're lost. Don't look at them as, as filthy, nasty dogs. Amen? Don't look at them like they're the Samaritans, we don't hate them. Amen. We love them. We don't care what color their skin is. Amen. It doesn't matter if their skin's black or light brown or tan or almond or pink looking. Amen. It doesn't matter if they have rich brown golden skin or reddish color tinted skin. What matters is the soul that's inside. Is made in the likeness and image of God and the breath of God that was breathed into their lungs. Amen? That gave them life. Precious are they in his sight. We need to tell people about Jesus. Amen? We need to keep... People are... There's, there's talk that churches are shutting down all over the place. I'm hearing pastors quitting, giving up their credentials, leaving leaving the ministry altogether. How can you leave the ministry altogether? Jonah was trying to leave the ministry altogether. He was done. He was fed up. He tried to leave altogether. God said, don't do that. Don't run from what I have for you. Don't run. If God can prepare a great fish and prepare the, all that, he can prepare something so great and so wonderful for you. Amen? Trust him. Turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 3. I think, let's see. Alright, yeah, chapter 3, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 20. Yeah, let's do verse... I'm going to start in verse 13 so I can get the whole we can get the whole what do you call it the full force behind the, the section of scripture so verse 13 First Peter chapter 3 verse 13 and who is he that will harm you if you be followers of, of that which is good who is he That will harm you if you be followers of that which is good. But, verse 14, But, and if you suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are ye, and be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. Set God apart. Make room for God Push out all the other stuff and put, make room, put God on the throne of your heart and be ready always to give answer to every man that asks you reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and with fear. Build an ark. Having a good conscience, that whereas they speak evil of you as evildoers, that may be ashamed that falsely accuse your good conversation in Christ. Those that accused John uh, Noah of being a, an idiot, a fool, a crazy madman, paid for it dearly. Amen? Amen. They didn't get away with that. That's not what our desire is. We don't want to see that. But we know that judgment is God's. Amen. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. It belongs to him. So we do our part and God does his. We do our part and trust God for the results. Amen. We don't let those things burden us down. When we preach our hearts out, we pour our hearts out to a room full of thousands of people or a room full of ten people or five or six. It doesn't matter. We do what God tells us to do, and the results belong to God. Amen. It's about your obedience. Obedience is better than sacrifice and better than the the fat of rams. Amen? Amen. (laughs) Amen. Verse... 17. For it is better if the will of God be so that you suffer for well-doing than for evil doing. So which would you rather suffer for? For doing evil or for doing good? The will of God. Good. I would much rather be in jail for doing the will of God than to be in jail for not doing the will of God. Amen? Amen. How much better? Let's, let's, let's go with the, that one train of thought. I think... no um, Marlon said to the minute ago, what if the the the, the big fish, <laughs> the great fish, was prepared for Jonah because of Jonah's obedience. And it would have been a fun ride to Nineveh. Oh, yeah. Right? What if what if what if Jonah had repented? The big fish came up and said, Get in, man. I mean, he calls the donkey to talk, right? So what if I'm just giving you some funny what I don't know, this is not my usual style, but what if God did that? He could have went there in three days,
1: right? She right. Have so for him. In
0: three days that he got there. Yeah. And so what if it what if what if the the tempest came and Jonah repented and then the, the big fish just came up and said, Get in, we're going. And he says, Okay, and he takes him straight to Nineveh. What if he'd have done that? God prepared the fish. Yeah. But which way was better to go? That's what he's saying here in verse 17. For is it better to suffer for well doing or for evil doing? Because the, the, the guts of a fish is probably not the best place to be. The major difference was
1: would be that he wouldn't make the fish so sick he had to throw up. <laughs> he could have walked out. Disobedience is sick. It is sickening. He makes
0: God throw up. Amen. That's true. He said, I'll spew you out. <laughs> he spewed him out on the in the book of Revelation, it says, be hot or cold or I will spew you out. Amen. So that's what we're f- referring to there. So we, we want to be on fire for God. Amen. We don't want to be sickening and nauseating to our Lord. Verse 18. For Christ hath also once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit of God. But... Which, I mean, by which he also went and preached unto the spirits in prison, which sometimes were disobedient. When once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was of preparing, there's the word preparing again, wherein few, that is, eight souls, only eight souls were saved on that ark. Amen. Remember Noah, his sons, his sons in law, and his uh, wives daughters in so yes, the in-laws, <laughs> and his wife. Only eight of them were saved, but he did it anyway, amen? Mm-hmm. He never saw another soul change, but he did it anyway. It's worth it, amen? amen? It's worth it to be obedient, even when you don't see the change happening. His family was saved. His family was spared. Build that ark, amen? See. Plant those seeds, amen. Verse 21, then, I mean, sorry, first, yes, 21. The like figure whereunto even baptism doth now also now save us, not the putting away the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God, by the reject resurrection, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is a, a speaking again towards obedience to the word of God, to what Jesus told us to do, to be baptized. Who, verse 22, who is gone into heaven and who is on the right hand of God, angels and authorities and powers being made subject unto him. Who are the angels under subjection to? just going to throw that in there, Jesus Christ that's right, amen, so we we petition the Lord yeah. to dispatch angels, just throwing that out there, so and we think about all of these things, and what God has shown us today, God is saying to each one of us, you build that ark, you get out there and you help build this ark, prepare a place prepare a safe haven for your family, prepare them with the word of God, amen Prepare them that they'll be saved, sanctified, baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized with water. All those things. Amen? That they might make it to the end and to the expected place that God has for them and be saved and rule and reign with him forevermore. Amen? It's not about... Dying and having good words spoken over you. It's about life and life, eternal life with Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise God. I don't know about y'all, but I'm fired up this morning. I'm excited. So and I, I want I want you to be encouraged, not not think, you know, oh no, she really beat us down this morning. That's not me. Amen. This is God. And he's saying, You got this, you got two choices, just like when he went to Nineveh. You have a choice. You have a free will. Will you build the ark or will you run from the presence of God? Will you, will you build the ark? Or will you sit down on your leaves and say, no, it's too hard. It's too much work. I don't want to do that anymore. Will you, will you, will you speak to the Ninevites? Or will you say, no, I don't like them. They, they deserve what they get. I've heard people say this. They deserve what they get. They deserve judgment. They deserve to go to hell. That's not God's plan. When you say somebody deserves to go to hell, you are speaking against the Lord God Almighty. Amen? Yeah. He does not want anyone to go to hell. Amen? Well,
1: what should you say or how do you pray
0: then for I pray the Holy Ghost draw them to the Lord. Lord, Holy Ghost, mm-hmm. deal with them. Deal with them greatly. Mm-hmm. I began, the Holy Ghost dealt with me to pray for my kids like that. Deal with them greatly, and I did, when I say it, it's with fear of the Lord. I love what Stephanie said. I have a greater fear of the Lord now than before because He's so powerful. Amen. And to say, Lord, deal with them greatly. Again, I'm taking my hands off. The Lord dealt with us about praying. Lord said, you know, we, we when you're a young Christian, you say, Lord, save them, save my brother, save my sister, save them. And you don't really think about the theological stuff behind it. It doesn't matter. God knows what you mean. Amen. He begins to deal with your family more than he was before. He begins to show you things and, and put words in your mouth and, and help and let you be a witness to them. Amen? Amen. And, and, yes, I, say, I ask him to God, send people. If not me, that's fine. Send somebody with a word. Send somebody. Put a word in somebody's mouth that they're, they're going to speak to them, a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom that will change their lives let
1: the Holy Ghost gifts work through the church like it's supposed to there's prophecy in the church amen.
0: we
1: don't have to have
0: anybody we need that in the church we need that, those, those gifts of the operation amen, yeah. the nine gifts of the spirit need to be an operation in the church we need to invite people to church we need to expect that's, the Holy Ghost to move and we need to be obedient that's the church he's coming back for amen we'll He is coming back for the church that's operating in the Spirit. And then lastly, when you pray, pray not, um, even so, Lord, come quickly. Because when you do that, you say, I want to go. I believe that you're going to deal with my family as quick as it could be a moment, a twinkling of an eye, that you're dealing with my family. You're dealing with them right now. I'm trusting you. Amen. It's God's will. Amen. They have a free will. He does give them free will, but it's God's will that they be saved. It's God's will that they be healed. It's God's will that they be filled with the Holy Ghost and walk in the power of the Spirit. Amen? It's God's will. Not every person is going to answer God's call. Not every person is going to do what we need to do. Amen? Jonah was being very disobedient as a man of God. But we pray and we seek God because we are called to be obedient to Him. Amen? Does this make sense? So we trust him. Even so, Lord, come quickly. All right. Glory to God.